Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're talking about Season 2 of Babylon 5, Episode 17, Knives, and Episode 18, Confessions and Lamentations. We're going to get into the episodes in a minute. Uh, I just want to mention there may be a small interruption, and so during that time, Adam will keep you occupied. <laughs> uh, we don't know if it's going to occur or not. Um, but anyways, uh, let's get into Knives, Adam. Uh, why don't you give you a rundown of the plot before we uh, tell people our thoughts. I guess thematically, to sum it up, uh, both uh, Sheridan and Londo embrace the madness, but uh, Sinclair has a happier ending in doing so. That would be my thematic one. But to be more specific, uh, Londo has to deal with an old friend who's come to him because his house has been disgraced, and he needs Londo's help. And uh, he's, he's been declared a traitor. And uh, the other one is Sheridan starts having weird hallucinations after investigating the gray sector, kind of the haunted, spooky part of Babylon 5. And uh, yeah, so what did you think of these episodes? I, I, th- I thought, well... These, these plot oh, yeah. lines, I yeah, guess. Uh, so yeah. not episodes. So I thought <laughs> I, I enjoyed this episode. I thought... Um, that the episode, I thought that the plot line with Londo was more interesting than the plot mm-hmm. line with Sheridan to me. Maybe, maybe that won't be the case if the plot line with Sheridan continues into something else in the future. Um, but it, it, and I did like that they connected it back to Babylon. Was that Babylon four that they were connecting yeah. it to? I did like that. Um, but I just, I just sort of, you know, was kind of just waiting for that thing to get out of him. Do you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't, I just kind of wanted to sort of <laughs> yeah. resolve it. I didn't, I didn't really, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the most pleasurable ride, I guess is the way I would put it, that. that. It, it was, it was just kind of like a so-so episode of the next generation yeah. plot kind of deal. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, what, what it felt like to me, I feel like the thinking behind that plot line was Straczynski's like, man, you know, we, it's been a long time since we brought up the Babylon 4 thing and we want new viewers to know about it. And I want old viewers to remember it's there for when I pull the trigger on it. So let's just have a plot where we can remind people, hey, that whole Babylon 4 thing happened. You know, and they <laughs> that's did what it talk, felt like to me. I don't know if this has come up before. It might have already, but they were talking, the, the area where it happened, is, they call it the B five triangle in this yeah. episode and so it's it, that's on my radar now at least so like you know the, it, there was a nice world building there was that mm-hmm. i don't think i've seen the baseball stadium before maybe they've shown it but i don't think nope. so and at first i, I thought it was like a hollow deck and then i realized oh no that's like a real little baseball, <laughs> a real baseball. yeah uh, you want you want to hear the subtle joke in that scene too is that if you notice just about every ball they do is a foul ball mm-hmm. it's because they're rotating so, you know, every time he hits the ball, you hear oh, the foul oh, yeah, ball. Okay, okay. Foul ball. It's All right. They're spinning. So it's this, it's this, you know, rapidly spinning baseball stadium. So all the balls are flying off to the side. So, yeah, that's – and uh, and also there was um there was some – like before any of the plot really got anywhere, there's the whole Centauri opera thing with um, Longo yes. and Beer. <laughs> and, and I liked it for a couple – number one – I always sort of was imagining Londo as like Napoleonic. Do you know what I mean? Like he kind of looks. So I was thinking French, and and I like that. Uh, it's really more Mussolini, isn't it? Like, like uh, <laughs> that's a bit of that. Yeah, and so and, and so that, so they were bringing a little bit more of that into it, and uh, and you know, like it, it just I don't know. I I like the stuff with the Centauri. I like that he had his um, 
his old friend sort of shows up. His friend um, Urza Jado is that his name? Urza Jado, yeah. And, and basically, this and I, and it's cool because it's like a very Roman style plot line. Like like it's like right. Yeah. This is right out of there is like a there are like eight scenes like this in I Claudius. But like the the idea that <laughs> the guy is going to be brought before the Senate or whatever. There is their body uh, on Centauri Prime a Senate. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's called the, the Centaurum is the, the Centaurum. official name for okay, it. Okay, but um, yeah, so before the Centaurum, and and he's he basically what I was able to gather. I'm not a hundred percent clear on how much this was premeditated before the actual duel, but it sounds like he pretty much was 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 engineering his own death over the course of the episode, so that his wife and child or his family. Uh, could be brought into Londo's uh, house and protected, and and it's very similar to sort of like you know like the suicide thing in in I Claudius where where people commit suicide so that their property doesn't get confiscated and things like that. So yeah, was, you know, yeah. I, I don't think that was his plan all along, though. I mean, I think I think he's genuinely surprised when he finds out that Londo and Rifa are you know have been well, working together, and that, that at that point suddenly his plan crystallizes see that's what i was wondering because i wasn't sure because i was like well maybe like he looked really surprised but i was like well maybe he was just like really committed to this course of action and was that's true you know what i mean so that's true i um, i would buy that because my one my one thing i was kind of surprised this episode is that you know that that urza really prides himself on his knowledge of politics and it's like how would he not know you know if he knows that londo is this big rising star how does he not know his yeah. connection so you could be right he could be playing this this deeper game through the whole episode and but... also the gift the gift was i mean i, I forget what they that's called true it. it was a gladius <laughs> they called it a katari i think but it was basically a roman gladius is what it looked like to me and yeah. uh and I mean, that's pretty convenient, you know. I was going yeah. to give this to you as a gift, but now, now we're gonna like, you know, now we're gonna yeah. fight. Um, I do like the idea that it, the whole thing is is kind of cycled through there. That he was planning that all along. That 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 does work for me. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it, it is it is a much heavier plot than the whole uh, the whole Sheridan plot. That's for sure. But. Well, it's heavier, and it's just—I don't know. Um, it, it, they haven't really dealt with like all of Londo's decisions, and, like in in this way. You know what I mean? Like, like it's really about time that it kind of like you know that we got to see any sort of realization on his part, you know, of what is going on and how he feels about it. And I kind of got a better sense. And it's not yeah. like he's deviating. It's just that it, it, the reality of 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 the of the choices he's made and who his allies are sinking in and and you know like like when he contact what's his name Rifa the the guy that yeah basically Rifa. was the one who put, you know put his friend in the chopping block you know it just it was just clear that you know there was a uh, you know Londo has this resource that he's been giving them but he's they they clearly don't view him as indispensable do you know what I mean like that yeah that was that was an interesting kind of you know moment londo was trying to like play you know power games back with him and it, it 
you know, not necessarily working. And the guy was basically <laughs> like, look, if you want to cling to a dead man, like, you know, there's only so much I can do. And, yeah. You know, well, so. is such a slippery character, too. I mean, the question is, does he not need Londo or was he just, is he, is he just enough of a snake that he was playing? Oh, well, you know, was he, was he, did he you know, was he just, just feeling that he was, you know, he was comfortable. He could manipulate into Londo into, into not acting. So. I, don't, I don't know. I got the impression that he might be more confident. About, I mean, again, you you know, I haven't seen the rest of the series. So part of what I was thinking is, that, oh, maybe he's trying to find like a back channel into, into Londo. Cause I don't know. He doesn't know exactly what, Londo is done right like he doesn't know no. the full nature but but he must have enough evidence and information to to, to conduct his own inv- investigation and and arrive at some conclusion so so you know whether he actually has found you know the 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 shadows or he you know thinks he has an another answer that's right I don't know but I feel like maybe there's some reason that he was uh that he was like that and it, it just yeah. got me curious like I'm, I'm expecting we might find out more about this uh if if they don't uh, if they don't address it in that way, I at least expect that like the, the, these tensions between them might play out in future episodes. So yeah, well it's it's it, I mean yeah it's it's a good episode because I mean, we, I mean Reef has been around before and we kind of had some of this in Coming of Shadows, but it kind of makes more concrete that the politics on Centauri or Prime are now part of the show. It's kind of the whole you know the whole scale of the show is kind of growing. I mean yeah. we've had. You know, politics on Earth has been part of the show. Politics on Minbar has been part of the show. And now this is, it's you know, the stage is getting bigger, as, you know, with this episode. But I but I feel like, I feel like with the Centauri, like adding in the opera, adding in the Gladius, adding in all these, yeah. like these, the, the, the duel and all these touches, it really, like it really rounded out my impression of the Centauri. Whereas before I was kind of popping back and forth between all these different sort of uh, reference points that they seem to be making with them. And this really kind of gelled it all together for me. Uh, I agree. Yeah. And uh, yeah, on the opera scene too, the other thing I like about it, it's just a moment of Londo and Veer being friends. You know, it's like you need that because you can't have every Londo and Veer episode be Londo doing something devious and Veer going, oh, you can't do that. It's like, you know, if they played that beat all the time, you'd be like, well, why are these two working together? But it's like you have scenes like that and you're like, yeah, these, these these guys like each other. <laughs> well, it was like a real conversation. It was a real conversation. It was a real disagreement that people that are e- mutually interested in the subject might have over. You know, I mean, it's not. I, yeah. It's a made up opera, but like you know, it, it it you understand sort of the kind of conversation that they're having and and where their mutual respect might be coming from. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you on that. And I was also curious about the music. I didn't have time to sort of like you know look it up and see if that was a real <laughs> opera piece that they just pulled or if because there were there were things in there that sounded very like they might be real or like real opera music but yeah could have just been doing you know generic fake 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 opera i don't know yeah i felt there were there were bars of it here and there where i was like okay that's a straight lift but it felt like they kind of stitched a whole bunch of things together into a yeah. somewhat convincing whole yeah I was, but... I was hoping and i was hoping somebody on the internet would have done the work for me already and i would have been able to just go find like a, a know, <laughs> like a breakdown but i didn't see anything on a quick google search so um, yeah yeah but yeah so no but i i mean so that part of the episode i enjoyed the the Sheridan stuff, I mean, it was fine. It just was not. Um, I was just kind of waiting for it to resolve, if that makes sense. It wasn't, you know, my wasn't my favorite. Yeah, actually, 
here's the here's the other thing about this episode too before when we've had episodes out of order i've reminded you i forgot that this episode was supposed to be in order before uh in the shadow of zaha doom originally oh really? and and yeah and so basically part of the purpose behind this plot line was he has the you know the hallucination about his his wife ship and everything so that was supposed to be just a reminder to the audience about his wife and everything before they went to that plot line so yeah i remember i remember an interview with with with, with him where he talked about that so you know once again having already had in the shadow of zaha doom it doesn't serve that purpose and also at this point i'm starting to think like man sheridan is like maybe like 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 He's like get close to getting canned with his behavior. Like that must be making people nervous between this and the and the you know the breakdown with his wife. But now, but if it was in a different order, it kind of leads yeah. up to it. It makes a little more sense. But now it looks like he's just completely falling apart from the outside. Uh, yeah, you know? so, <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, and I, I yeah, and I, and I am happy to say these were the last episodes that aired out of order, so we don't even have to worry about that issue again for the rest of the series. Oh, that's we're, good. we're done that's with good. that. <laughs> I did. There was a quote in this one, and you mentioned it sort of in the beginning, but uh, it's it, it, Londo uh, was talking with Veer, and he said, "Insanity is part of the times. You must learn to embrace the madness." And yeah, you know, it's an interesting, an interesting quote for like you know, like a period where things are going undergoing tremendous change and. And, uh, and, and I, I know I just kind of liked it. Um, and it seemed oh, to that's a great like, and, and I think it summed up the episode, which is kind of what you were saying with the, the two threads really kind of, uh, <laughs> that was the clever thing that popped into my head shortly before the podcast where I'm like, aha, what, what do these two threads have in common? They do unite. They're both about someone, you know, cause it, you know, cause shared the solution to the problem. It's like, he's having these things. He just, he just goes with the craziness and, you know, and that's what gets the thing in his head home. So what did you think of the duel, the duel between Londo and what's the name? Urza? Uh, it works. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, having watched a lot of Wuja, it's not up there with, with great, you know, sword play I've watched recently, but I, I found the scene was dramatically effective. I like I liked the performances of both actors, and I it worked for me for that aspect. I think. What, what was your opinion on it? I mean, I felt it was dramatically effective, like you said. I also feel like you kind of have to judge TV shows from the age that they were made, and like in the nineties, yeah. you know, you weren't gonna get. Um, you know, like it, it was a classic thing that you would see in the '90s. You'd have like a guy who's like a commando that's been trained his whole life how to use a weapon, and then when the actor goes <laughs> to use the weapon, it's clear that he has no like they're just totally hand waving it. And so, yeah. you know, there was a little bit of that here, but there, but there was the actors sort of thrust their chests out enough that it that it still worked. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it didn't. Yeah, you, you it had know, the so, it had the attitude, if not the skill. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and also it wasn't like it was needed. You didn't need it to be this super intricate, graceful performance. Or it, it, they were both sort of old warriors, anyways. So if they're yeah. if if they have some you know rust, it's okay. And I, you could sort of explain some of the 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 awkwardness in the fight as that. And, and and the final moment made sense because the guy's trying to kill himself anyway. So, you know, yeah. he's not even, it's not like he was, he was trying to give Londo the opening. So that made sense. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I didn't, I thought, I thought, I thought it worked more dramatically than action-y, but it's still, it was fine. I didn't, I didn't have any particular objection to it. Um, 
but uh but yeah so but when the it's funny when the when the, when the thing with Sheridan first happened my uh, <laughs> my my note was oh no a mind meld so uh you know I, I which wasn't too far from from what it was uh yeah you know? right general idea right general idea but yeah it's not it's it isn't it isn't exactly apparent it's funny i actually missed the special effect the uh, first time i watched this episode I, I watched this earlier in the week and i watched it again today and i i i was distracted i guess and i missed that little kind of cgi effect when the uh, when he's uh, by the dead alien and it, it kind of jumps into but, his mind there so I will say this episode, even though you told me it was out of order, so obviously they might not have intended this to be the case, but the fact that the uh, that the dead alien, I think it was a Marcab, right? It was a Marcab. So, and that so, becomes important that next episode. So It's kind of funny because it makes it more on the nose. It's like it feels like, because they're out of order, it feels like, yeah. oh, crap, we better throw another Marcab in yeah. to remind people they exist because they haven't done anything since the beginning of the season. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, another... Uh, Another another thing I liked in the episode was the uh, the the same you know basically the bottle that they're drinking from that Urza and Londo are drinking from, and later in the episode, you know at the end after Urza's dead, Londo goes back to that bottle and uh, drinks from it again. It was just a nice kind of silent touch that, you know, just, I just, I was thinking emotionally, you know, the, the uh, implications of drinking from that bottle again that you were drinking with your, with one of your best friends. But, um, yeah, aside from that, let's see, we've, uh, but yeah, I, I gotta say, I also really like Lord Rifa a lot. He's a, uh, just any basically anytime he shows up in a plot line, you know, it may not be an entirely great episode, but it's it's gonna be a good plot line anytime Reefa's involved. And I am still waiting on Brandon to come back, and he's making it hard on me. I didn't realize it would be this long a pause, but I will keep going. He had to do it to me right when we reached the point in the episode where I am have said everything I have to say about knives. But <laughs> Um, and he's back. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so the reason for that was I, I had to stop and pick something up and I apologize. Um, so, <laughs> okay. uh, so I'm sorry, what were you saying, Adam? Uh, well, I, the last thing I was saying is that it was, it was really cruel of you to take the break right at the point where I, I had run out of things to say about knives was ready to move on to the next episode. But, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. What was like, the worst <laughs> possible moment that I could have, I could have stepped out. Um, and uh, uh, and I, I think you did admirably, though. I think uh, I I, I, feel, I mainly filled so, his face with words. So, so so yeah. So what what people probably don't realize about this podcast is that we do not edit a thing, and so it just keeps no. going and going. And that means sometimes when when I don't have something to say or something unexpected happens, it kind of just works its way in. So um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, but, should I segue to the next episode without you? I don't know. No, that would have uh, been fine. That would have been, fine. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so the, yeah. So the next episode is confessions and lamentations. And why, why don't you give your breakdown of it? And I promise I won't leave this time. So <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, confessions and lamentations. Uh, there's things I like and dislike about this episode, but you have my thematic breakdown again. I feel like since 
one of the episodes that got the most media attention last season was your favorite believers. They felt like this season they need to do believers too. Don't stop believing. And okay. this was that episode. I just felt like I felt like, you know, it's got the religious theme, it's got the doctor involved, it's got, you know, the whole the whole ethical kind of quandaries going on. It's 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 but it's on a larger scale instead of being a family, it's a whole race. So they're you know, it's this. This is believers too, for what it's worth. But it doesn't. It so doesn't believers, have the snap. Believers got a lot of media attention when it came out. For Babylon Five, it got a lot of media okay, attention. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can Lock remember. It, I can remember. Make it stop I remember. It. <laughs> yeah, but I remember at least got some attention in the mainstream media that I read at the time. I don't remember if it was TV Guide or whatever, but. But yeah, but this episode lacked the snappy writing you like, like the, the glopped egg. There's no. There's, there's no no there great was, terminology. There was like an that. herb that they kept referring to. I should have written down the name of the herb that had an unusual name. The Mimbari were, uh, I think they were giving Sheridan um, a meal. And Oh, yes. That's but, true. But that worked better than the Gloppet. That was way better than the Gloppet. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah so, so, so I'm sorry, but I interrupted your, your breakdown. No, uh, well, the breakdown. I guess I should get get past the thematic breakdown to the actual plot. We've got a uh, there's there's a plague that's uh, besetting the Markab that they have been trying to keep a secret because that has in the past been uh, associated with being sinful in their culture. So no one wants to admit they have this disease, and so they have allowed it to kind of spread wildly out of control. And there's a question about, you know, what other races it can spread to on top of that. And uh, questions about quarantine and so on. And uh, I don't know, what was your feeling on this episode? So I hated it the moment it started. Like, I can't say that quite on it. <laughs> then I started enjoying it because even though it's like, it's like, again, it's one of these plots where it's like, I don't, like, I, I saw what they were doing from the very beginning. And yeah. it was like annoying me. And. It also is just a kind of plot like, okay, the ship's going to be infected with something. And now that's like, you know, like, like those kind of plot lines always kind of irritate me um, because I don't like sort of plague shows up, gets cured, ship is back to normal. Everything's, you know, but I thought that they did a good job sort of it, 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 it kind of had almost like a Titanic type vibe to it. The way that the, the sort of situation was playing out on Babylon 5 where. You know, they were they were squeezing a lot of drama out of it that that was it was it was engaging. Um, mm -hmm. And also the the B plot with uh, which was a fairly minor B plot. It was it was almost not even Very a plot, minor. but like yeah. the plot with the Len and Sheridan. I liked because there was a lot of character development this episode between them. So, I agree. So and, and Lanier was very entertaining in that plot line as well. I feel he deserves a shout yeah, out. Yeah, they had this whole thing where he, I guess there was some kind of meal he was specially making <laughs> for Sheridan, and 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 they have all these rituals, and and if the rituals are interrupted, they have to start over. So like he has to stay up for two days and cook, and he can only eat bread and water, and he has to stay pure the whole time. And there's this whole thing, and then they have to follow the rituals during the meal, and it's very elaborate. And it's almost like it's like a cross between a tea ceremony and like a Roman rite. Do you mean like like a, like a classical oh, Roman? Like you know, oh, we screwed up the ritual, so we got to start from the very beginning again. So, yeah, I thought there was a touch of Passover in there as well, too. Okay, but, uh, yeah, that, that, I I can see that. Um, but but I don't know. I I thought that that was kind of an enjoyable thing. You know, like it, it was an interesting moment. But I liked sort of the 
the way that that their relationship evolved over that episode it went from that one meal to her going in and ministering to the sick people in the that quadrant of the ship and uh and and that's kind of the moment that, they, that it's clear they have mutual affection for each other um yeah and yeah so says, like, call me john and like that's like uh, <laughs> you know. and then when she comes back john you know it was, it was a very it, it worked it was it was it was a little bit sappy but it worked and uh yeah it did but also i know i knew something was going on because i noticed she looked particularly good this episode even like, like her makeup or something <laughs> looked like more like romantically uh arranged and so i was like okay something's going on here um, yeah, because she's usually much more businesslike in her, in her pr- presentation, and uh, and so uh, then there was the uh, the plot with uh, with with all the sick people the the uh, the, the, Mar-Cab. Mar-Cab, the how do you yeah. pronounce it? Uh, Marcab, I think. So, I, so now now I'm confused, but I think it's Marcab. <laughs> so the Marcab, and the whole premise there is they have this illness that that was like the, their big plague that cropped up ages ago, and now it's like a you know. It's just something they used to scare children, but because they have all these taboos around it, they can't talk about it, and and they they, they associate it with immorality because it happened on an island or a, where people you know indulged in all kinds of you know decadent things apparently, and and so even even suggesting that somebody might have it is like you're you're attacking their morality, and mm-hmm. it was a little heavy-handed I thought, and it was yeah. also. This was made in the 90s, and it was clearly sort of drawing on recent history with the AIDS epidemic. And mm-hmm. I felt like it, it really felt dated for that reason, um, because I, I, like I could pin the, the mood and the, and the philosophy underlying the episode directly to like a point in time. And, and, it, uh, and, and, it, and you know, sort of, it sort of like, you know, made me, it was all, there was almost like a nostalgia. Like I could remember when things were like, like the, the, the sort of fears that were in the air, they were sort of addressing and I could, and so, but I think now it's, if somebody watches it today, it's going to have not quite the same effect. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it is a better episode than I, I would th- think because I, I you know I you know obviously I have seen the episode years and years ago before and when it when it came on I was like oh this is the episode where all the Marcab die and I was like eh, okay but I I, I uh, was like whatever I was like but but I, yeah it's it's a pretty engaging episode on the whole for being a fairly you know predictable plot. Well, they managed to deal with the suspense of it well and the and sort of the, you know, you just were kind of like, I was on the edge of my seat enough that I was entertained. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I was rolling my eyes the moment the episode started and I thought I was going to hate the episode. And to an extent, I wasn't, it wasn't my favorite episode. I was not, you know, floored by it or anything, but it had enough stuff to kind of keep me tuned in. Uh, and so it was, a you know, it was, it was, it was more than I thought it was going to be and 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 I thought that it almost worked despite itself. Like it had a lot of things that I would normally be incredibly critical of. Like the whole yeah. the whole thing with the you know the the, 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 the sometimes when the social commentary is too obvious, it's like it just kind of <laughs> pulls you out of that science fiction world. And yeah, well, you 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 feel you feel the writer the writer's yeah. hand on your shoulder there. You know when it when it gets when it gets too blatant. But. Yeah. 
And it, I, uh, but I think it worked despite that because I think they were tapping into a storyline that still functioned as a story. Do you know what I mean? It still had yeah. it still had enough to keep me interested. And also, we got. I, I'm noticing that um, uh, Franklin is using a lot of stims this episode. Um, so yes, it's very stimulated. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah definitely, definitely. They uh, they. But, uh, How many of those can you take before? Like, are because that's not caffeine, right? Those stims are something different. I think. Like, I I don't know if they're ever too specific about what it is exactly, but yeah, it, it, I think it, that's like, like a, um, you know, some kind of like high grade stimulant, like something that would like <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be able to just buy over the counter here. Do you know what I mean? Um, no, no, but uh, you know, it's like. His uh, like Franklin, Franklin's occasional mood swings are making more and more sense. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, like when uh, he gets all super pious and stuff about, it's really just like the amphetamines from the stims. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he's high on high on his uh, well, yeah, high. But uh, but yeah, I I did notice something in this episode that I did not notice previous times I've watched it too because of uh, which is. What well, you know? What is the last significant moment a Marcap has had aside from that that dead one in the previous episode? Is at the beginning of this season, you know, maybe I'm reading too much. This is just me theorizing, not going off any outside knowledge or whatever. But the Marcap ambassador in the Long Dark was the one that get, you know the Long Dark was the one where there was where you know Murdoch from the A Team was fighting the the ancient warrior thing, and it was the Marcab ambassador that got up in front of everybody and gave a big speech about how he thought this was an ancient evil gathering its forces and, you know, trying to warn everyone about it. And, and Jakar is like totally on board, but everyone else kind of, yeah, whatever. And, and then here we are, you know, half a season later and all the Marcab are dead. Actually, I think that's a very sound theory because, yeah, like in the episode, <laughs> I mean, this this thing, because he says 100% terminal, 100% contagious, and like pretty much every Marcab in the universe dies. Like the newscasters, like there might be some out there somewhere, but basically yeah. they're all gone. Um, gone. So... Uh yeah, and yeah, and the episode did at points kind of hint, you know, there there's people asking the question, where did this come from? How could this have happened so quickly? And it's never answered in the episode. But I, I'm like I'm just wondering, I'm like, wow, is that <laughs> is that a, a subtle a subtle thing just dropped into this episode for us to figure out on our own? I think I think I think you might be onto something there. That I mean it definitely sounds reasonable. Um yeah, and, yeah, which made the episode much better when I thought about that. I was like, "Oh crap! This this actually is part of this may actually be part of the main main story here, not just a a simple little diversion." But but uh, but yeah. So I mean, again, I think these weren't the strongest episodes that we've seen this season, but I was I was I was entertained. Um, and I and I and I think between the two, my favorite bits were the. Uh, the Londo and Urza storyline, which, which again, mm. really kind of, I felt like I got a lot of meat out of that one. And, you know, the, this one, uh, I, I think the most important part of this episode is the, the character development between Delenn and Sheridan. Um, it, it's, yeah. it, you know, it, it would have been better if it was in a better episode, but it still, you know, was, I was still interested in that enough that, uh, you know, I, 
I was I was I was sort of following things with interest, and I wanted to make sure Delenn got back safely from the quarantine zone. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, she was shattered but alive when 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 things were uh, when things all settled down. So, yeah, and actually, we've got the other thing too. There is the the weird story she tells the kid about being at the temple and like you know someone kind of approaching her, and it's like that. I don't know. I don't know what's going on exactly with that story, but it had almost kind of a vibe of, you know, was it just a priest there or was it her claiming some kind of religious experience? Yeah, but, I wasn't sure what to make of that speech either. I didn't really know what to, to, to how to take that one. Um, yeah, I can't recall if that's ever brought up again or not. I don't know if that will be clarified or if it's just just kind of a mystery there. But uh, but and also we find out that Sheridan snores that he's not not a not a very patient man when it comes to food, and uh, you know I don't know there were there were little details that were that were that were fun in the episode. Um, oh yeah yeah no nah, it was uh it, yeah on the whole like I said I, I this, this was this was a better episode than I uh, originally was expecting it to be on the second watch, but. There are there are more exciting episodes ahead in this season. Well, that's so. that's what I think. I mean, I, I'm, I I sort of assume that uh, this ep- the season is going to kick into gear any time yeah. now. And, and we have four episodes left. And and yeah. I know that the next episode is titled "Divided Loyalties," and so that suggests <laughs> something might be brewing. Um, yeah, so. yeah. Divi- next we got "Divided Loyalties" and "The Long Twilight Struggle." So we've got a. Uh, Two two heavy titles there, and <laughs> but um, but yeah. So hey, wait a second. Um, what was the name of the uh, uh, the first Psycor person on Babylon Five? Uh, Lita Alexander. So she's in the next episode. She is in okay. the next episode. Okay, I've been waiting for this because I knew something was going to happen with her. Because I think you 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 sort of let it slip in one of our discussions, and I and I went on. I'm like, wait, Patricia Talman isn't the? And then I and I couldn't remember the name of her character. So, okay. yeah, yeah. All right, she will be back. <laughs> she hasn't been back yet, right? This is her first time. Back. This this is her first time back since the pilot. Yep. All right, we're we're doing an, uh, an episode of this on Sunday, aren't we? I am. I okay. don't know if you'll be here okay. for the podcast. Yeah, I might just let you do the whole thing. Uh, yeah, as you start. record them, it will be a lot more effective if you're here. It will just be me talking so, to myself. But. So then maybe maybe I'll watch this one tonight because now I'm pretty interested in knowing uh, <laughs> what's going to go on. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I uh, you know the, I think I think again these were sort of I would say average episodes would be my overall uh, verdict here. I don't know if you would agree. Yeah, with that. it's. It is, it is kind of a shame because it's like the the good parts, like, you know, the Londo plot in Knives is like an A plot that's kind of dragged down by the other. It's like, it, you know, it's like every time I watch Knives, I feel like, man, this should be one of the best episodes, but oh, it's dragged down. You know what it's like? It's uh, like when somebody makes a tremendously good meat dish and then they they spread it too thin with like a bunch of rice. And so you just have, the, yeah. you have like a lot of bland rice. And every once in a while you, 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 you get on this, 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 this delicious goodness of the meat. And, and here was kind of like that, especially for the first episode. The first episode had, there was a lot going for it, but the B plot was kind of dragging things a little bit. It sort of, um, the B plot just felt, I don't know, like it didn't feel necessary. Um, no. uh, 
you know, they, I mean, if it, I don't know, maybe it'll go somewhere because they did discover a new species apparently, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling we're not going to hear much about that in the future. Um, so, but yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely eager to see where things go though. Uh, and, and, and also the other thing about the, uh, the first episode, uh, it really got into sort of the whole conspiracy with, with Londo. And so I, I, I felt like, okay, now I'm really sort of eager to learn more about what's going on with, with Centauri Prime and, and, and how things are going to really resolve. With Like, I want to see where this stuff with Londo goes. And so, you know, it engaged me uh, with, with future plots. And so it, in terms of moving the season forward, I think both episodes are good because both episodes have something that sort of help you stay invested in the character threads that are, that are emerging. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so yeah, so we'll be back on, on Sunday. And, um, uh, if, if you didn't catch it, me and, uh, Lady Chow Fung had a, had a special, uh, podcast last night of intimate confessions of a Chinese courtesan. We're doing things all backwards. Tonight is normally the Shaw Brothers night. And instead <laughs> last night was Shaw Brothers with just me and Lady Chow Fung. And tonight is me and Adam doing Babylon 5. And, and then on Sunday we'll do another Babylon 5. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be back on and we will, uh, we will talk to you later. Oh, 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 oh,